coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. And we are in the same area where John the Baptist, like we, that happened in chapter 6. Now we go to chapter 10 and they're like, well, John the Baptist just got killed talking crazy about divorce. Hey, Jesus, <clears throat> I got a question for you. And so this was not really about a, a, a marriage per se. This was a test to try to trap Jesus into saying something that could have got him killed. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that got his cousin killed. But Jesus turned it back on them. And that's why I say when they asked this question, they were being insincere. So last week I talked a little bit about how discipleship was hard. I ended up changing the sermon name to You Need to Cut It, just because I like rap music. But uh, <laughs> last week, discipleship is hard. And this week, relationships mm, are hard. Yes. My children have some toys uh, that I've gotten familiar with over time. You know, because they like to play with them and leave them. But uh, they, they, they've got these toys out. And one of them is a toy train set. It's one of these toy train sets that doesn't need a, a track to go around. It can, it can roll on the floor or on the carpet or whatever. Uh, but the, the, the thing about the toy train set that is cool uh, besides it not needing some train tracks to roll is that the... Uh, different parts of the train connect with magnets. Uh, and as long as the cars are all facing the right direction, the magnets come together. As long as the magnets, or as long as the cars are facing the right direction, as long as they're all facing the same direction, the magnets stick together, and you're able to move all the train cars in the same direction. But if one car decides that it does not want to face the same direction all the other cars are facing, instead of the trains coming together and moving in the same direction, they'll push apart. And the train can't go anywhere. Right. If you want the train to work right, everybody has to stay together. Yes. I know in other things that is something that is uh, uh, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But that is the original design. Stay together to go together, uh, or at least be heading in the right direction. Uh, well, the Bible says in one text, how can two walk together unless they agree? Uh, and so I think about that when I think about relationships. 
you can have a, a situation where the minority is in control because the minority raises enough sand that the rest of the majority just goes along to get along. All right. Yeah. Instead of spending any time talking about it, what will it take to get this person to shut up? And one person can derail an entire meeting. Uh, But relationships are hard. They are not designed to be easy. Uh, The text begins with geography in verse 1. I I know that the lectionary starts with 2, but as I started studying it, I learned some things in the studying of this this passage that I had not realized the first time around. And and so I added verse 1, but it it begins with geography. It says, then he arose from there and came by the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. The, that, that is important, and I will get to that later. Uh, but this is also where Mark tells us that the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry started. He operated that ministry in Mark 1 and 5, and, and he was there at the River Jordan. That's where John the Baptist would baptize people. We they're at the River Jordan where John the Baptist would tell people to make way or prepare ye the way of the Lord. They're at the, the place where he was not dressed like other people would dress, and he wasn't eating the same things that other people were eating. But John the Baptist is all over this message. Ah, Jesus. And so what happens is, is Jesus is confronted by several groups regarding the subject of divorce. You have some insincere people, and you have some sincere people trying to get some understanding of what's going on. And, and, and these things happen uh, what happens is that he, Jesus is asked a question about whether or not it's okay to have a divorce. But Jesus, getting this question, responds by telling them, asking them what Moses says. Uh, and he says that it was allowed because of the hard-heartedness of the people. Uh, they asked a vague question looking for a specific answer. Uh, They asked a vague question because they asked if whether or not divorce was permitted, but they didn't have any specifics about the situation that would happen. And so Jesus gets asked a question and he turns it back on the rabbis, quizzing them, asking them, what did Moses say? Why are you asking me this question if you already know the answer? Uh, they, they ask this and they don't give any specifics and, and going all the way back to the first books of the law in, in uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the intent of marriage in Genesis was the first place was to leave and cleave mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for a man and his wife to go together. And once they got together, they would become one flesh, Amen. one person joined together by God who designed them to fit together. Uh, and so these these natures of this relationship and, and, and not only with the, 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 the wife and the, the husband coming together to form a relationship, but you'd also get a relationship with the children that would be produced uh, uh, in this, this, this thing. And so the legal uh, language was rather about uh, separation was what they were asking about. Uh, but the language of love is always about bonding. It's about relationships and treating each other right. As much as I read this Bible and everything I study about it, it it keeps getting driven home about not being a Christian outside of community. 
not just in your marriages, but in your friendships, in your business relationships. Everything that you do about how you treat other people, you cannot be this thing we call a Christian by yourself. Uh, the Bible tells us to fail not to assemble each other, right? Uh, the, it says forsake not the assembly of the brethren. It also says behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It also talks about true religion being to take care of the widows and the orphan. It talks about taking care of uh, angels unaware. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came to visit. So in order to be a Christian. Yes. Not just in name only. Not just have your name on the roster. You're going to have to know how to deal with other people. Amen. Amen. And so they asked Jesus this question, even though they already had the answer. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, when you do your studying on your leisure time, it already says it's okay to have a divorce. Amen. It says it. But they were trying to get Jesus into a trap. And I'm going to come back to that later, but they were trying to get Jesus into, well, not, not, they were trying to get him into a trap. Mm -hmm. I said that that this thing talks about the location, and it says the region of Judea on the other side of the Jordan. And I said that John the Baptist is all over this passage. Well, allow me to tell you why. We read 10, 1 through 16, but if you were to go back to Mark 6, 14 through 29, you would understand what was going on here. Herod. Antipas, who was a, a, a ruler over this region, had beheaded, had John the Baptist beheaded mm. in chapter 6. All right. Uh, because he had something crazy to say about Herod Antipas' divorce. Uh, you know, young and the restless, the bold and the beautiful, General Hospital, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, all of these different shows, they have nothing on the, 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 the twists and the turns that if you ever uh, read the Bible in this lens would understand. Uh, this was a first century soap opera. Uh, Herod Antipas, the king, the ruler of this area, uh, had a wife by the name of Phasalius. And he decided that he was done with Phasalius. Uh It wasn't nothing to do with any kind of irreconcilable differences. It wasn't nothing to do with uh, they not being equally yoked. It wasn't nothing to do with all that. He just decided he was done with her. And why was he done with her? Because he wanted Herodias. Uh, and, and, and the problem was is, is Herodias or Herodias was, uh, was his brother's wife. And so because uh, 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 his brother Philip, uh, Herod Antipas, uh, decided that he wanted Herodias, even though she was married to his brother Philip, they got divorces because they decided I like that and I want that. Mm -hmm. And so I got to have it. And they got into this relationship and John the Baptist, like a true prophet was, spoke truth to power said what y'all did was wrong. What y'all are doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it got, and instead of trying to, you know, be at the table and get invited to the white, the castle, not the White House, my bad. <laughs> slip, of the, slip of the tongue. Instead of trying to be invited uh, to, the, to these things and try to sit and rub elbows with the rulers, he spoke truth to power. 
and said what you did was wrong. How you're treating the people of, of, of God is wrong. And he said all of these things. And when it got to that point, uh, uh, Herodias did not like that. So she wanted him dead. And so what they did is, is, is again, the, <laughs> Young and the Restless got nothing on this, but Herodias knew uh, not only did, did Herod like uh, uh, Herodias, but uh, also liked Herodias' daughter. And so she's going to have them dance for him yeah. at a birthday party. And, 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 and he liked her so much, he said, I'm going to give you whatever you want. And so the daughter got with the mother and they decided we want the head of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And, and we want the head of John the Baptist. And so he said, I'll give you whatever, whatever you want and up to half my kingdom. And he swore this oath in front of all these people. And so these people came back and all these people saw what he did. And when they came back and said, I want the head of John the Baptist, he had to do it. And so they, they, they tricked him into doing this. And so uh, uh, the king's oath being legally binding, what he said had to happen, and and, and he could not go back on his word. So you had these things happening. All of that happened because John the Baptist said something crazy about the king's divorce. And we are in the same area where John the Baptist, like we, that happened in chapter 6. Now we go to chapter 10, and they're like, well, John the Baptist just got killed talking crazy about divorce. Hey, Jesus, I got a question for you. And so this was not really about a a marriage per se. This was a test to try to trap Jesus into saying something that could have got him killed. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that got his cousin killed. But Jesus turned it back on them. And that's why I say when they asked this question, they were being insincere. They didn't care about the divorce. The Bible already said it was okay and gave the differences of why it's okay for it to happen. What they were trying to do is trick Jesus into saying something that could get him killed. Why? Because he was upsetting the power structure. These Pharisees had been in charge, running it the way they like to run it, running it the way that they think it always should have been done, running it this way, and here comes this man from Galilee upsetting their balance, knocking them out of their positions. It says he was teaching as he was accustomed in verse 1. That means he did that on a regular basis. Who is this new guy coming through that didn't go through what I went through to get to my position? I ain't signed off on him. Let's see if we can trip him up. And so over and over again throughout the Bible, they try to trip him up. So this passage, yeah, it mentions marriage. This passage, yeah, it mentions divorce, but we miss the underlying background about it. They were testing Jesus and his authority. And in a private meeting, Jesus explains further to his his confused disciples and says that divorce uh, one's wife and marry another is to commit adultery and divorce one's husband and marry another is committing adultery. He blames it on both the man and the woman. If there is something to be happening, it's it's through both. Mm -hmm. And I have to take a moment to sit here and apologize 
Because this passage and passages like it are used to encourage abuse. Uh, We take passages like this and say that God hates divorce. And so pastors will sit behind a sacred desk and encourage women to stay in relationships even though they're getting beat on. Mm. Encourage them to stay in relationships with other, when the man got another family's going on. All right. Vice versa, we'll say just pray a little harder. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll use this passage and other passages like it to say it's okay for sexual assault. Mm. Ooh, all my amens left. Because <laughs> it was the so-called evangelical Christians that got behind people who willingly admitted to sexual assault. All right. Is the microphone still working? Come on, Pastor. Is the microphone still? That, that's why it was the evangelicals that said during these nomination hearings yes. that there was no evidence for it to happen. Yes. And, and, and I wasn't there, so I don't know. Correct. But what bothered me not so much was that, but these same evangelical Christians would come behind and say, well, it, it, we don't know if it happened or not. But even if it did happen, it was a long time ago, and boys will be boys. It's this scripture and other scriptures like this that people will take and twist and try to manipulate it. And I ain't trying to be just a Democrat or Republican because that same kind of mentality applies when we're talking about blue dresses, stains, and cigars. Or whether or not we're talking about those who are on a bus being recorded willingly admitting to sexual assault. Democrat or Republican. That's it. Amen. So I have to apologize. Because we'll take a scripture like this and and stand it on its own with no context behind it. No understanding of what they was really trying to get Jesus to do. And say, God hates divorce. Go back to him who beats you. There are times where the separation may be necessary. And that's why when they asked Jesus this question, he said, why are you asking me? You already know. Go read your Bible. It's in there. All kind of situations where it's okay. You're not going to trap me up on this because it's not my time. But that's not to say that we ought not work on relationships. We ought not work to learn how to communicate with each other. We ought not work to do this. Every marriage is not God ordained, but marriage is a godly thing. We were designed by God to be together. Not just in marriage, but in friendships and relationships. We are designed to be together and work with one another. A twofold cord is strong, a threefold cord is not easily broken. We are designed to be together. We are not designed to walk this thing out by ourselves. And the text is clear because he mentions uh, in, in 10, 11 through 12, he doesn't just put it on just the man or just the woman. All right. We both got to work together. Amen. And so Jesus is explaining this to those people because even though the Pharisees had an insincere reason about asking about it, the, the disciples when they got back uh, with Jesus in the house had a sincere reason reason for asking about it. 
And so he explains it. Uh, and we go right from talking about divorce and, and marriage to going to the children. Uh, the text says that uh, he says, then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Then they and then he says the disciples. So that implies that while he was at this house, other people other than the disciples came around. Uh, and Jesus rebukes the disciples for preventing to attempt uh, 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 the, the, for preventing the children from attempting to see him. But it says they that brought these other children. Uh, so not only are husband and wife, man and woman, supposed to be working together, but adults and children, young folk and senior citizens. Everybody is supposed to be working together. Jesus is rebuking them. Because they are discouraging people, number one, who want to come to Jesus. These people found out where Jesus was, found him in somebody's house, and went to see him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't no Facebook. Right. Wasn't no Instagram. Mm. Wasn't no Snapchat. Mm. Wasn't no tag location. These people are people who sought Jesus out Amen. and found him. Yes. They didn't let his, uh, something about an itinerary not being publicly uh, published stopped them. They found where Jesus was at. And not only did they find where Jesus was at, they went to him looking for a blessing. Amen. And not only was Jesus rebuking them because they are discouraging people who are looking for Christ, but they were also discouraging people who were trying to bring other people to Christ. Amen. It says they brought the children. So it was other people there. These people say, I want to know about this man named Jesus. I'm going to find him. And not only are they saying, I want to know about this man named Jesus. I'm going to find him. I want to know about this man named Jesus. And I'm going to bring some people with me. Amen. We ought not discourage young people in Jesus from coming around. Because they know more non-church people than you do. And they're more willing to be on fire for Jesus and bring more people into it. And so he rebukes them because not only are they discouraging people who want to see Jesus. These are the church folk. The disciples, the supposed to be learned ones. And they see some new people interrupting their their lesson because Jesus was teaching. and, And some people came in and interrupted their lesson. And so they decided to stop that because they wanted to get more of their lesson done. Mm -hmm. These were the more seasoned saints going through a more intense bit of Bible study and somebody coming off the street wanting to know about Jesus. Nah, player, wait. We getting ours right now. I mean, I know that wouldn't happen in, in, in the church these days, right? It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be some young folk wanting to learn about Jesus and, 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 and not just young in age. I'm talking about young in spiritual maturity. Somebody, you can be 50 or 60 years old and still be young in Jesus because you never step foot in a church outside of a wedding or a funeral. So I'm talking about somebody who could have been born and raised in the church, be able to quote the Bible backwards and forwards, and somebody who ain't never seen hide nor hair of a brick of a church. All right. 
and those who are the seasoned saints are stopping those who are the young saints from coming in to do something because this ain't the way we always did it. And so he's discouraging. He, he, he's, Jesus is rebuking them because they are stopping what we are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be making disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said it in Matthew 28 to go and baptize, make disciples of Jesus Christ and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, the Methodist mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. How are we making disciples if we don't, if we keep turning away those who are new and want to learn about Jesus? Is it because they don't wear what we want them to wear? Did they not come from the the, the neighborhood we would want them to come from? They don't have the kind of good job we want them to have. They They don't smell the way we think they should smell. And so this is a, 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 a teaching moment for the disciples. The disciples are att- uh, attempting to hinder the children's approach to Jesus. And Jesus reprimands their behavior and insists that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Uh, 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 the kingdom of God, it, it, it says that the failure to receive these children uh, is one that can bar your entrance from the kingdom of God. That's a scary thought. The kingdom of God is something that that is going to happen and something that is also happening right now at the same time. So we talk about the kingdom of God talking about when Jesus returns. But the kingdom of God is also how you treat your fellow man and your neighbor. And that's a scary thought to think that because I want to keep somebody out of my church. That God might keep me out of his heaven. So he receives the children and blesses them to speak well, to be called by uh, their name. And we, we as, as disciples of Christ, those who are mature, seasoned saints, ought to be looking for the children to bring them in. And again, I say it again, not just in age, but maturity in Christ. We are not just taking care of the children today. But we are raising the adults of tomorrow. Jesus told them the last chapter. I mean, we read 10 this week. We got out of nine the week before. He told them the last chapter, you need to receive the children. And then they go and have this speech with the rabbis and he gets tested and he, he sidesteps the, the test. And then we go, they go back to the home and some children come again. And they still block them. The next time in the text, they block them. Children uh, worried about them being uh, disturbing their lesson. But the kingdom of God is not just for those who are high and mighty. It's not just for those who are got the titles behind their name. It's not just for those who, who got everything together and got all life figured out. The, t- the kingdom of God is also for the lowly. The kingdom of God is also for those who don't have everything together. The kingdom of God is for those who are still working on themselves. The kingdom of God is for the lowly. 
And we look at the children, and we think when we look at the children in the Bible, we think about uh, the children of today, but they did not have that kind of status back then. Uh, one phrase I learned in seminary was called paterfamilias. Uh, uh, that meant that the father decided whether or not the child was going to be in the family. Children had so little of a social status that they could be born into the family and the father still say, nah, fam, that one ain't mine. Put them out. This is one of the reasons why what Jesus was telling these people was turning things on their side. They had a societal level. They, they had hierarchy put together. And Jesus was coming here telling them about these things and trying to explain to them that the way that you thought it was is not the way it's going to work in the kingdom of God. And so the father decided in those things whether or not the child was even going to be a part of the family. And, and, and the children were thought of as non-persons. Uh, we think cute babies back then. But the way that they looked at the children back then is the way we look at homeless people now. So Jesus was saying something real radical when he said, take in the children. Yes, sir. A matter of fact, the paterfamilias thing was so far out that, that even as an adult, the father still determined whether or not you belonged to the family. And the word that he used uh, uh, for, for the text uh, uh, says uh, it, it's really like literally young child or little boy or little girl or infant. Someone that would have had to have been carried to Jesus. Didn't know the first thing about finding out about Jesus. They had to be introduced to Jesus. And even though these were non-persons, those were somebody else decided whether or not they were in the family. Those who could not speak for themselves, Jesus still took them. And we ought to be like that. The children are nobodies in the text, not worthy of the blessing. And we ought to be like the children. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. Children in the text are considered weak and during these times. But I know through in the Bible it says that when I am weak, God can make me strong. Children had to depend on their fathers for the provision. If they didn't have their fathers to provide, they lacked. But I understand that my God shall supply all my needs yes, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Children are supposed to be in, uh, innocent during these times. And, and, and I understand that I am not innocent. But the Bible says that he that, that the Bible says that all have uh, uh, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I can still be innocent just like those children were because what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. These people tried to trap Jesus when they was asking him about the divorce, but that was not 
his time. You're going to have to skip forward a couple more chapters in the book of Mark to understand what it was going to be his time. He knew that at that time it was not his time to die because he knew that he was going to have to die on a hill called Calvary, a.k.a. Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the skull. He knew that he was going to have to get whipped with a cat of nine tails. He knew that he was going to have to wear a crown of thorns. He knew that he was going to have to put a sign above that cross that they nailed him to and pierced him in the side that said, here lies Jesus, king of the Jews. He knew it wasn't his time, but he knew that once he, that all of that happened, he was going to die and he was going to stay in that borrowed tomb, but only for a little bit because early on the third day, he was going to rise up with all power in his hands and I'm so glad that is not where the story ends Jesus is coming back again will you be ready in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come thank you for listening to this message be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube iTunes Google Play Stitcher or wherever you found this message if this message blessed you be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.